Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi there, I'm Nadia Okamoto and you're listening to another episode of Tigris. And I'm blushing already because of what we're talking about today. It's not periods, it's actually about love. Uh, One of the most heavily requested topics and questions I answer from social media when I surveyed is, tell me about your love relationship. And that's because in the last few months, I've posted a couple of videos of my boyfriend, Henry, and they've all gone viral simply because he's hot. And it actually makes me really frustrated because do you know how hard I work as a woman to like make interesting content where I'm talking about feminist theory to get any amount of engagement? And all he has to do there do is like stand there and we have all of TikTok simping over him. I'm not super angry about it, but like it is kind of wild. But I started getting a lot of comments, like thousands of comments about how I found and how I met Henry. And I thought I would talk a little bit about it as well as being really honest about what it's like being in a romantic relationship, both as a survivor of sexual assault and abuse, but also as someone who lives with borderline personality disorder. Um, And it's interesting because BPD is actually something that I got diagnosed with while we had just started dating. And it's also a diagnosis that is often um, infamous for labeling someone as incapable of having a romantic relationship, to put it lightly. Um, But to go back to where we started, I met Henry in November 2019, and I was absolutely not looking for a relationship. In fact, for the few months leading up to it, I had sort of exclusively only dated women because I had given up on men. I had thought, cis men, 
cishet men are trash and I just cannot deal anymore. And I was only going to date women. And I was out dancing with some friends at a conference and he tapped me on the shoulder and asked to buy me a drink. And I just thought it was the funniest, dumbest thing. And I started laughing and making fun of him because it was an open bar and I was holding a full drink. And I just thought it was the cutest, funniest thing ever. I was probably a little tipsy and we honestly just talked for hours and we didn't hook up or anything. We just talked for hours and then he went back to Mexico City and I went back to my life on tour, traveling one to three times a day on an airplane, speaking, balancing college, balancing two businesses and just being my overworked workaholic self. And he was in Mexico City. So we hadn't even hooked up. We were long distance. We didn't know if we were ever going to meet again. And slowly but surely, we started meeting up every two weeks. Um, our first date, I actually flew him um, into Cancun and we had our first date there because I had a swim shoot, which I feel like is a really glamorous way to have a first date is like oh I'm shooting like a swim shoot commercial like come stay with me in this resort like they're covering expenses you just come hang out so it's a really really cute kind of first date and then he started visiting me in New York every two weeks and um, we hung out about four times before COVID hit and he moved in with my family my crazy family like me my two younger sisters my mom um, were all very loud unfiltered, outspoken woman. And he was from Switzerland where I feel like it's more filtered. And we are like my, like every family dinner we have is more like a family therapy session. And it was very overwhelming for him at first, but he moved in with my family for a few months. And um, then we moved to Vermont with my co-founder, my new co-founder. I was going through a new, uh, a new career change. And then a few months into our relationship, I went through cancel culture um, and was also confronting some really important and necessary conversations, holding myself accountable for the own, my own way I was leading and taking up space and what my career had been like. And then I had a mental breakdown and I went to rehab. And so a few months into our relationship, we had experienced long distance living with my family, which is not easy. Um, having me go through this really traumatic career moment, um, questioning everything I believed in, questioning my self-worth, um, being suicidal, um, going mute, and then being admitted into rehab. And as I was going through that mental health rough spot, I tried breaking up with him so many times by sabotaging our relationship, by saying, you know, I didn't want to be in a relationship, all the way to just having these breakdowns where I would just cry and say like, you don't want this. Like, I'm so fucked up. Like, you don't want this. Like, escape while you can, you know? Which is kind of something I've said in all my relationships before. And at the end of the day, he just wouldn't go anywhere. Even how hard I tried, he was always there with me. And while I was in rehab, he called me every single day. And if I didn't respond, he would contact my sisters, my therapists. And, you know, to be honest, when you go to rehab, part of the treatment is to do family therapy. And my family was not ready for it. We had tried it and it, we were not ready for it. So he actually ended up doing family therapy with me because in part of my discharge process as they're planning who you're going to be released to, he was the one I was going to be released to. And um, it was one of the most beautiful things and I think reaffirming things in our relationship because I feel like him signing up to date me, I just, I feel every single day that I'm like too 
fucked up to like have him love me and be with me. And in many ways, I know many people will say like, no, you're wonderful, you're lovable. But like part of having BPD is like, I don't think that. Like I fundamentally think that something must be wrong with the way he's thinking to want to be with me. And yet he shows up every day reaffirming that he's there, that he loves me unconditionally. And I've honestly never experienced anything like it. And the reason for that is because the relationship I grew up with with my father and the relationships I grew up with in high school and even more recently um, throughout college, I was dumped because I was addicted to my work where my two longer relationships before Henry ended with them dumping me and asking if I would choose between them and my career and I chose my career and then dumping me because I was high maintenance when it came to mental health or I cried too much. And so... For me, the idea of finding someone who is actually going to stick with me through all of that, like, feels too good to be true. But in meeting him and his friends, who are also just such great characters, it's taught me that that isn't impossible to find. And it saddens me that I, along with so many other survivors who are conditioned to think that we are loved on a conditional basis and we are too screwed up or fragile to be loved unconditionally, that is so scary. And I still go through moments of feeling that. Um, but I mean, being in love with him and having him love me teaches me every more and more every day that that love is possible for me as someone who's healing and for so many others. And I've actually been reading the book Americana and I carry it around with me everywhere I go as I'm reading it now. And in Americana, the book, um, the protagonist, Ifa Melu, talks about her true love with um, her like secondary school boyfriend. And she says this line that makes me think about my relationship with Henry a lot, which is that he taught her the to learn self-affection. And I feel like that's really what I'm learning from my relationship right now, where the most special thing isn't that I'm falling in love with him and how beautiful he is or kind he is, which is beautiful, but the most unique thing that I've never experienced before in any friendship or relationship that I've ever had is that every single day, him loving me teaches me more about loving myself and more reasons to love myself. And that is something that is so cliche. And I feel like such a like simp sitting here and talking about this, but it's like so insane because I've never had that in my whole life. And I wanted to share kind of what it was like last year of being diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and never having heard about it before and having to learn about it because I got diagnosed and the therapist and psychiatry team at rehab sat down with me, multiple people in person and on Zoom to ask me if I was okay and if I felt like I was going to have another breakdown from receiving the diagnosis. Because even though I had no idea what BPD was, I then learned that this diagnosis carries a lot of stigma. And having a personality disorder is something that I've heard even like people I work with today being like, oh, you know, you don't know if they're crazy or if they just have a personality disorder, right? Like personality disorders carry so much stigma of being someone you can't interact with, that you can't trust, and it will never be confident, right? Like when I talk about imposter syndrome and not believing in myself and feeling like I am worthless and feeling like I'm ugly and feeling like I don't like my body, feeling like I hate my body, feeling like I want to hurt myself. That's not, not just something that I experience every so often. That's like part of my daily life, right? Like having BPD and of course I'm learning to cope with it and I'm able to put on this extroverted mind, but having BPD means that when everything goes away and I'm by myself and I'm in my room, my resting state is not very positive. And 
the idea of loving myself, much less letting someone else love me, is so antithetical to my diagnosis. And so when I learned about the stigma and when I learned about BPD and I told Henry, I was in tears and the way I told him was, here is your sign to leave. This is your sign. And I said, I think on the phone call, I have already, already processed it and I have accepted that we are breaking up. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, you know, I was diagnosed. And so like, you know, I just really, <laughs> really enjoyed our relationship. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save money on your insurance? Of course you would. After all, who wouldn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all of the things in your life, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to GEICO becomes an easy choice. Switch to Today and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. This show is part of the pro-democracy podcast coalition. I think most of us agree that in a functioning democracy, the winner should be determined by the voters. Well, that almost didn't happen in 2020. Now extremists are working to intimidate and replace nonpartisan election workers with quote unquote yes men who might reject election results. The only thing that will stop them is us. We partnered with the grassroots pro-democracy organization, Represent Us, to give you the tools you need to protect free and fair elections. Learn more and get involved. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. He just reaffirmed that he was going to be there and he, you know, in the next week had come back and said he read every book, like loving someone with BPD, being in a relationship with someone with BPD, things that like nobody else in my life had done. And it, it's honestly been a relationship that has been very rocky um, in many parts because of my own, you know, journey through mental health. And he's been the most patient and loving person ever. Um, and... I think it's really interesting because it's taught me a lot of things about relationships that I um, I wasn't able to learn in past relationships. But at the same time, it's really taught me to be thankful for even my toxic relationships in the past. Um, because I think that as much as being in toxic relationships in my past were awful to go through, they really taught me things that I'm using in my current relationship. For example, standing up for the fact that I love to work and that I am introverted. Um, in past relationships, I was really shamed for loving to work. Uh, my ex-boyfriend would actually close my laptop while I was working and then hide it. And I wasn't able to get it back until I either had sex with him or put him to sleep and then I would be able to learn where my laptop was or I would often be shamed to go to sleep before I was done working and then I would wait for him to go to sleep and then go around with my iPhone flashlight looking for my laptop and then work in the bathroom on the bathroom floor and if I heard him like wrestling awake I would run back and pretend to be asleep and I hated it and when I was in the relationship I was so shamed into thinking that I was in the wrong even when it was like I had every right to work and I had a deadline but I was taught that 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 should always come second to him in that relationship and he eventually dumped me because of my addiction to work which of course I'm working through but 
being in those positions made me promise myself that I would never be in a relationship where I was with someone who made me feel like myself and my career came second to him and or to that relationship. And that's something that I really carried into my relationship with Henry. And it's something that I'm really thankful for of what I learned from that relationship. Um, you know, of course, Henry, he often doesn't want me to work until late hours of the night simply for my own well-being because I do have a very strict bedtime. But when we first started dating, he often would be like, you know, I want you to take care of yourself and maybe I should take care away your laptop so you aren't addicted to work. And I stood very firm in the ground for my first time in a relationship. And I said, absolutely the fuck not. Like, this is my laptop and I'm going to work until I need to. And like, you need to go away, sir, until I'm done and I get to a stopping point. And he learned that that was my boundary. Um, similarly, I think that in relationships in the past, I, I victimized myself because I got into this codependency where I felt like I could never be the strong one. And it was the relationship was set up where I was always coming out of an episode where I had cut myself or self-harm and I couldn't be the strong one and have my shit together. And if I had my shit together, they would leave. And to be honest, I think a lot of that belief came like now reflecting on my past came from growing up with a very manipulative father where I wasn't allowed to be the strong one, where my dad, if I showed any sign of strength or confidence, he had to take me down a peg or he would not pay attention to me until I was in this kind of, I need help damsel in distress feeling. Right. And so I think that it brought me into relationships in my early high school years where I was dating guys where if I was confident, they weren't interested in me, right? They were more interested when I was insecure or when I was going through a hard time. And to be honest, I think because I had done enough of my own self-growing and I had been single enough and I'd honestly stopped dating men for a little while and dating other people of other genders and sexes, I think, and, you know, learning to be independent and proud of myself, um, it got to a point where in my relationship with Henry, I'm able to not just be... I'm not able to just rely on him as my crutch and as my support system, but I'm able to stand firm in my confidence and, and in the moments where I do feel like a bad bitch and I feel like I can take over the world and I can be, you know, maybe a support system for him when he needs it. Right. And we come from very different backgrounds um, and uh, very different careers. And I'm going to talk about why that's actually a really positive thing. Um, but I think that being able to be a strong person and sometimes the stronger person in my relationship at home gives me a lot of confidence that I've never experienced in any relationship beyond this one when I'm outside of the home, right? Because I'm able to show up in my work scenarios and my friendships and be the strong one and be the one that I can support others. And that has honestly been beautiful for my relationship with my family and my mom as well. The other big thing that I love uh, and I actually talked about recently on TikTok and got a lot of flack for was that Henry has no social media and he's never had social media and social media and being on camera and taking selfies is antithetical to how he was brought up. And I love it. And if we ever break up, I'm never dating an influencer ever again. And I talked about this on social media because people in comments were like, how can you be such a hypocrite to tell people not to date someone with social media and then be like all about your social media? And the answer is like, 
Social media is overbearing and toxic and addicting. And I have struggled so much with my own mental health, my disordered eating because of how I came to understand who I was and how I could be valued based off of my follower count, my engagement ratios, how I showed up with or without a filter on social media. And most of the guys I've dated or even like dating around were into me because I had a verified blue check mark, right? And when I when I met someone who had no social media, where our whole relationship was about not about him taking pictures or showing it off. It was just about like being in the moment. And he calls me on, you know, having these instincts where if I have a lull in conversation, I pull out my phone and I go immediately to TikTok and I check notifications and I'm not even reading. I'm just looking at notifications. And then I click out of the apps to have someone who's like, okay, like we're in the moment, we're putting that away is insane because all, most of my friends are influencers or most of my friends have grown up on social media. I got on social media when I was nine years old. Both my sisters have over 10,000 followers. Like I come from a family and a friendship group and a generation where social media has become so indoctrinated, not into just being a tool that we use, but like an extension of our self-expression. And while that is so powerful and democratizing access to having a platform to create social movements and create social change, it's so exhausting and so tiring. And dating someone who has no social media, but honestly has no concept of what social media like is in your life is such a beautiful and adorable thing. And I'll tell you, I want to end by talking about the moment that I knew that like Henry was the one for me. And, you know, I don't necessarily believe in having like one soulmate. I think we find our people um, when we when we feel like we need to. And it's like a natural fit. But there was a moment the first night we met where I was like, this is a this is someone that I really want to build something with. And that's when, you know, I found myself at this entrepreneurship conference. It was Summit, which is like notorious for being this very expensive, rather exclusive, but very high power networking entrepreneurship event. And Henry actually wasn't even there as a ticketed guest. Um, I was there as one of their senior fellows, quote unquote, which is like a whole program that they run. But he had actually snuck into this party because his business partner at the time was going. And so he I say that I'll to say like he wasn't like one of the guest attendees where like it was also a little bit about that clout chasing. And so when we started talking, you know, we ended up sneaking into the rooftop of this hotel that was closed and just talking for hours and having our first kiss there, which was super cute and magical. But, you know, we were talking and I asked, who are you, right? Like, I feel like on first dates you say like, well, tell me about yourself, like, what's your story? And he didn't tell me about what he did. I had to ask that later, but he told me where he grew up and how he spoke four languages and how he learned to be fluent in Spanish and be an executive in Mexico, Mexico City within a month. And he told me about having, you know, being one of four siblings. And he told me about how he was passionate about the environment and sustainability and, you know, his thoughts on overall business and why he made these business transitions and why he cared about the things that he did and the values he was growing up with. And he turned to me and he said, well, tell me about yourself. Who are you? And I'm asked that question a lot. Like, I feel like in every day in elevator pitch meetings, in social interactions, you meet someone, you say, hey, what's your name? Like, who are you? Tell me about your story. Like, where you come from, right? And in my, I guess, social circles, you know, being a young entrepreneur, when someone asks you, tell me about yourself, who are you? You say who you are, maybe what school you went to, what your job is, and what you do for a living. And so that's what I did. I said, I'm Nadia, you know, I'm a junior at Harvard and I am 23 
too. Um, and you know, I'm passionate about menstruation and I wrote a book. I'm working at a nonprofit. I'm CBO to Gen Z marketing agency. And I listed off all the things that I did and he looked really confused and I got really scared because on first dates, that's what I say when I'm asked who I am. And I say that and then suddenly they're into me and they want to like, you know, get all freaky with it. And instead he looked at me and he said, no, like, who are you? And I was like, what do you mean? That's who I am. Like, that's what I do. And he said, no, who are you? Who are you? Like outside of what you do or like how people know you, like, who are you outside of that? Like, what is your story behind that? And I was stunned because I don't think anybody had ever checked me on that. And that to me, that moment, I will never forget that feeling of kind of being in shock, but also excited to like reflect on who I was outside of my work. Um, and, you know, I've talked a lot about this on Tigris in the past of like being so conditioned to think of who I am as equivalent to what I do and the impact I have on this world. But to step out of that and be seen and even inquired about as who I was outside of what I did or what I was known as was something I honestly don't come across a lot in my life. And especially in dating relationships, it's not something that I've really been asked before. And that is kind of the story of our relationship in many ways is he's become one of my best friends of pushing me to challenge my own beliefs and think about what my values are and who I am and why I do what I do. And when we go out to dinner, we don't talk about like really work. We maybe check in about how work is going and how August and my company is growing, but it's more so like how I'm feeling and like how I'm feeling about my why and like where I'm coming from and you know, how my mental health journey is going and how I'm feeling in the relationship. And he is honestly one of the, first people who I think sees me first and foremost, you know, primarily by who I am outside of work and outside of who I'm known and all of those things. And to be honest, I think a lot of why I want to do Tigris and why I want to, why I'm so excited for this podcast is because that is the mentality I want to bring more into the world and the relationships I have, even with all of you, right? I don't want to just be known for the few words of a job title in my Instagram bio. I want you to know who I am and where I come from and why I think the things I do, why I do the things I do and why I believe in the things that I do. And I hope that by listening to these episodes, you can also learn that self-affection that honestly Henry has taught me and you can learn to love yourself and to be really proud of exploring who you are outside of your work and what school you go to and what grades you get. Um, so with that, yeah, that's my ramble about Henry. He doesn't know I'm doing this. I feel like he's going to be really uncomfortable, but excited for this and maybe flattered. Um, I was just telling the DCP team that I really want to do an episode with him on the podcast. Um, he's a little camera shy, so it's going to take some convincing, but I'm sure I can pull some girlfriend cards there. Um, but with that, yeah, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Tigris. Huge thank you to my DCP team here in New York City in studio for making this episode possible. And I hope all of you, not just like screw having a romantic relationship yourself like that comes secondary but like learn to love yourself i hope you all learn to love yourself and i hope you stay along for this journey with tigris you can find our episodes anywhere that podcasts are streamed support for this podcast and the following message come from corient 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.